Welcome to Rag Chew. And if you're as curious as a kitty cat as I am, you could follow us over on social media at Rag Chew Podcast. I'm Max, and I believe Velcro is a ripoff. And I'm Cade, and hungry polar bears out there could eat as many as 86 penguins in one sitting. I wonder who the lucky bear was that put that to the test. <laughs> it was the lucky bear who put that to the test. I just oh, pictured, like, um, as, I, as I found well, that out. Well, I was trying I, to think. Hold on! No, I mean, I, I, listen, as I found that out and I thought about it, right, Max, I said to myself, well, here's what I pictured in my mind. Some bear in a like a in zoo somewhere that they were just like, well, just keep feeding him penguins until he's full and we'll find out how much he can eat. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good time. I'm willing to be there for that. That sounds like a real good time. Man. Man. Absolutely. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. Pretty good. You know, I didn't get any respect for my Velcro joke there, Cade. Gosh, I was really oh, hoping you'd enjoy that one. I did enjoy it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I enjoyed it. And like, and then, okay, so it came across. I, I'm going to give you a play-by-play here, guys. So okay. Mm-hmm. It came across. I'm like, hey, that's pretty good. But like, I the the thing that sucks about going second is that as it comes across, it's like, I can't focus on it too long or I'll just babble my way through my line. There. <laughs> so, uh, so I have to, I got to kind of like stand by for a second. Uh, but that was pretty good, sir. I'm, I'm Thank you. you. Thank you. I was working on that. I tried thinking of one. Let me tell you, for everyone listening, I think so hard on a lot of uh, my one liners at the beginning. Some of them aren't are good. Some of them aren't as good. Um, some of them are jokes. Some of them aren't. But I really try to really put some thought into them. And if I get some good ones, I feel good. And that one, I was like, if I don't get a chuckle out of Cade for it, I'm going to be real pissed. All right? That one I worked hard on, Cade. It wasn't an audible chuckle. I couldn't do it for the sake of, uh, you know, quality, I guess, coming from my end. But so let me ask you a question then. Was it like... Um, based off the one-liners, right? So uh-huh. if, is yep. there one you can remember that you were most proud of? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I feel like that one was really good. I feel like our first ones, I'm going to be honest, like throwing it back here to like episode one and two. Yeah, real big throwback from episode 20 here. Um, I, I I loved our ones from the beginning because they were just so stupid and so just random. Um, not, no one in particular, because I'm going to be honest, I have forgotten a lot of them. I'd have to go back and listen to the podcast um over again but i'm gonna say just our early ones our early ones where we were just really stupid probably episode two episode three where we were throwing in the stupid harry carey jokes oh. um, <laughs> hey everybody <laughs> hey everyone harry carey here <laughs> those were pretty good man they I were just stupid about. they were stupid but they, they always bring a f- smile to my face absolutely i agree i mean i the early ones are, I mean, this is probably an early, and there's only one I really remember outside of, sometimes I remember last week's, uh, but uh, the one I remember that I loved so much was the uh, <laughs> uh, Ragchu Battle.net, or the, yeah, Battle.net Skynet has been so gracious to allow us to broadcast. Oh, to broadcast into your yeah. earwaves or whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was really proud of that because it was like on the fly kind of thing. So, uh that's probably my favorite, but yeah, some of the, some of the, probably the first, I would even go as far as like the first five or six episodes. Like we had uh, a lot of little inside jokes in there that was fun. So if you've not listened, if you caught on kind of halfway through or even in the last uh, four or five, 
you know, go back at, at the beginning. Is it awkward? Yeah. Is there, is there some figuring out going on? You know, definitely. But, uh, uh, do it, man. It's fun. It makes the story kind of complete. So I agree. I agree. It gets you, gets you in on some of the, uh, stupid jokes that we drop and even my intro that we drop. It's some of the, uh, just kind of fun stuff that we throw in and, and it's cool to see the progression, Cade. I think about this that we've put into this, you know, it's cool to see the product that we had in the beginning. Don't get me wrong. It's only going for about, we've only had it going for five months now or so. Um, but it's cool to see the progression that we've had from where we are now. And I'm excited to see where we're at in another like 25, 30 episodes, you know, it'll Absolutely. be a good time. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree with you, man. Yes, sir. Agree. So I got to tell you about the day that I had yesterday, Cade. Go on. Well, <laughs> Okay, actually, I'm going to pause that story for a second because now I just thought of this that I really had to share with you, and I've been holding on to this. So last week for Mother's Day, we went um, down to my mom's house, and she lives over in Kissimmee, and uh, or Kissimmee, and we went down that way, and so we have to go onto the Turnpike and go that whole way, and then we have to get on everyone's favorite road in Orlando. I four. Oh God. Everyone's favorite road. And let me tell you the first thing I said as soon as I got on to, from the turnpike onto I four, the shit had never changed in the like two months that I have not driven on I four, Cade. Two months. Nothing has changed. Literally, maybe there's a couple new signs up is about it, but none of the construction, at least from the turnpike entrance down to uh I guess 535 towards like the Disney area, that kind of stuff has not changed at all. And you know how fired up I got to where I was yelling in the car. My wife was like, ha ha, uh, it's, it's okay. You know, she's like, why are you so mad about a road? <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay. And I can tell you one thing for sure. It's not because they've been taking that money and paying out unemployment because I don't know too many people still that have gotten paid in the state of Florida. No, it is just, uh, just it's crazy to me. I'm sitting there going, you had two months where barely anyone was on the road. Yeah, there was probably a good amount of people who were still driving, essential workers, thank you for those out there, um, who, are pro who are on the roads. But yet you still could not have increased construction or bettered construction. But I will say, I even saw articles uh, recently that they were saying on I-4 that construction uh, has actually been delayed further uh, for I-4 due to, I think, because of this or something along those lines. 2056, is that what we're looking at? <laughs> no, we're looking at the new millennia 2100 uh, for uh -huh. it to be completed. That makes more sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be completely honest. And apparently they're going from the I-4 Ultimate Project to like the I-4 Mega Project. There's some like <laughs> next project. Like I, I'm, this is not a joke. They're uh -huh. actually doing another project after this because they have to expand it again because what they've added in isn't enough because there's the roads are still so that's, bad. That's the biggest problem. And I know we haven't been doing a rant, uh, but most of my rants, for those who are very familiar uh, with this show have had something to do with um, idiot stupidity. drivers, right? Yeah, <laughs> stupidity in general, in, in general. But I'll I'll even get more specific and say idiot drivers. But what makes no sense as far as infrastructure goes is that they continue to remodel roads, and by the time they're done, they have to start again because they don't plan ahead. They say, okay, the metrics, the logistics, blah, 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 whatever is telling me right now that this is what needs to be done right now. So we're going to start a project that's going to take us three or four years. Uh, whenever it's done, it will accommodate what we have right now, but it's not going to accommodate what we have in four years. And that's the biggest issue that's out there. And my God, 
there's not too many things out there that piss me off more than thinking about the fact that that is just going to continue and continue and continue and continue and god it just makes me so sad yeah man it's 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 really kind of I don't want to use the word disheartening, but it is kind of disheartening because you, no, you think that these people who get paid right from the money that I do, and I don't want to sound like the guy of, I pay your salary, but the people who get paid off of the money that I work for um, end up just making decisions that ultimately aren't doing any better for the people who live in the country themselves. Um, and you would think the people who they drive on the roads to, they use the roads, they you know, do everything else that we do uh, using infrastructure wise and everything. And they would want to better their own community. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I digress. That's that's a conversation, I guess, for a later time. But it is something that I was like, really? Of course, I-4 has not changed at all. And the no, entrance on I-4 that they have been working on forever, where they had three toll lanes um, from the turnpike onto I-4 and then brought down to two because they're doing construction is still at two and the traffic there is still god-awful because oh, yeah. it's down to two and so many people are getting on i4 it's like hello can you not fix this one problem i don't know nope. i don't nope. know i'm not surprised either uh but i guess that's the beauty of freedom of speech where i can say what i want to right yeah yeah that's true listen and if anybody uh at the uh city council's office want to ask us what we think about it uh, i'm sure we'd be more than happy to tell them and a very expletive-laced uh, <laughs> explanation of what we have to deal with every day. Because something tells me that a lot of these people who have something to do with like what happens don't drive that road. And that's the problem, uh, not only in that particular position, but in a lot of things in America, it seems to happen in the way that people get put in positions to call shots over something that they have no idea what's going on because they didn't come from that. And therefore, everybody else pays the price for it. So um, just wanted to get that off my chest real quick as well. And then I'll I'll be done ripping up uh, all the crap that we tend to do incorrectly. That uh, seems like it'd be really easy to fix, right, Max? But uh, for some reason, we just can't figure it out. I'm looking. There's a uh, article um, that I'm trying to look or not an article. There's a quote from The Wizard of Oz that I always think of when it comes to uh, to government, it's something along the lines of a lot of a lot of people with, uh, I guess, who who have straw for brains have power. Something for along those lines. I'm sitting here trying to find the find it, but it really is just about the. There's a lot of people out there who have power who have no brains, um, but here they are, kind of thing. Is always what I think of when I think of it, and I don't know why I can't think of the quote as of right now. And I'm sitting here trying to Google it. Pay no attention uh, to that man I know. I know. It's an excellent movie. Uh, you know, I grew up watching The Wizard of Oz. You know, every year when it televised, um, there was always that that time where you watched it, you know. Uh, but yeah, I grew up watching The Wizard of Oz and my wife had never seen it before. And she watched oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had never seen it before and she watched it for the first time. I'm going to say, I think it was about a year or two years ago. Wow. And uh, she was like, that's a good movie, I guess. I don't Aww. know. I felt like she hey, liked for, it. For when it came out, right? Production value. Like, I mean, they did a good job. Yeah. They did yeah. a really good job. Oh, no. It was truly a revolutionary movie. And I mean, Judy Garland, you know, beautiful song with Somewhere Over the Rainbow really, uh, I guess, brought the movie to life and that kind of stuff and really increased it. But 
I also think, like you said, it was just an excellent movie, a great story. And uh, as a theater person myself, it had the entire Wicked series go across, which is an amazing show um, that really builds on The Wizard of Oz and the story behind it. So, yeah, it's 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 I have some great memories with that movie, watching it with my parents and that kind of stuff. Great movie. Good movie, indeed. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Absolutely, man. That's good stuff. Wizard Agreed. Oz, brother. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So, oh, yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> Bone Saw's got you for three minutes, brother. <laughs> so, I'm going to have to jump back now with my uh, ADD mind here. Jumping back to yesterday, I had a, uh interesting um, day yesterday, and my God, am I feeling it. So yesterday, Kay texted me and he was like, hey, let's let's uh, get together for the podcast uh, tomorrow. And I said, okay, sounds good. And I said, I've been busting my ass today. I'm really sorry. I haven't looked at my phone like all day. And yesterday, um, I have done probably the most amount of manual work I've done in a long time. Yes, with the quarantine. But uh, we were yesterday, we um, were working on a house uh, that we didn't really, we're helping out some family, I guess, kind of DIY a house. And they had a pool in their backyard that Cade, I swear to you, had not been cleaned in, I'm going to say five to seven years, like had nothing done with it. And the water was black, I'm assuming. Oh, it was like there was algae all over the top of it. The water was completely black and full of dirt. And actually, um, a tree had fallen into the pool uh, years prior. Wow. So it had, um, I don't know if it was during a hurricane or something, but a tree had somehow fallen into it and then they had replaced the screen. And I don't know if they just completely forgot about the tree or didn't care enough that a tree had fallen in and never cleaned out anything inside, excuse me, inside of the pool. And yeah. So yesterday we took a submersible pump and pumped out all of the water. Uh, got all of the algae out, pressure washed this entire deck. Mind you, it had not been pressure washed in five to seven years. Good, great. I mean, the satisfaction of the dirt coming off. Oh, let me tell you, it was the the most satisfying thing I had done in a long time. And that's all I kept saying. I was like, wow, this is so satisfying because you could actually see the color and you never knew. And, And it's really interesting as we were, so we drained the entire pool. And if you don't know a lot about pools, you can't leave it, um, empty for a long period of time because either the the pool will pop out of the ground not like a freaking geyser as much as i would like it was hoping like a geyser they would just fly out of the ground it would pop up and because of it's it's used to holding weight of water inside of it uh, which keeps it the soil from either caving it in or popping it up and um so we had to pressure wash the inside of this pool and we still did not get all of the dirt, mildew, grime, everything off, but it definitely looks a lot better. Yeah. Drain the entire pool, we had to get all of the gunk out, the tree limbs. I mean, we pulled out probably an entire tree out of there. And it, <laughs> my arms and my entire body is feeling the pain today. <laughs> I bet you're a little bit sore, man. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, man. It, but, you know, it was really satisfying at the same time because at the end of it, at the end of the day, we looked at it, and first of all, we said, I bet we didn't think that we'd be able to drain this entire pool, clean all of it, and get it, get water back in it by the end of the day. Um, I mean, we took a shot back to it, was picking up all the dirt, because, I mean, there was mud all at the bottom of it. It was disgusting, but definitely very satisfying to see 
oh my gosh, this looks 10 times better. Don't get me wrong. That pool is going to need a heck of a lot more work. Oh, um, God, yeah. But it needs to be resurfaced, I imagine, after the stain, the uh, crap probably left on it. Yep. It's some of the concrete had already started coming apart. Some of the, what is it, Marsite? Marsite was coming apart. And same thing with some of the tiles were kind of coming off. So it's going to have to be resurfaced as well as, you know, you can't run those filters because what's inside of there might be really bad. Oh, Lord, yeah. Who knows? But it's it's really interesting how much work we put into this freaking house. But I had to share that with you because I was like, I did something, you know, I felt so productive. <laughs> oh, heck yeah, man. Hey, listen, stuff like that is uh, it's cool. It's fun. It's uh, the idea of getting out and doing it is usually not very good, uh, especially knowing that you're going to have to bust your ass to get to uh, to get to where you're going. But when you're done, like you said, the satisfaction of looking at what you did and the progress that you made and even some things that you didn't think were possible. As you stated, man, it's just um, it's satisfying. It's a fun thing to do. I think we talked about that a little bit last week when you were talking about your uh, your bench. Yeah. Uh, yep. Is that uh, you you put a lot of work into something and sometimes it doesn't feel like uh, you're making progress. And then all of a sudden when you're done, you look back at it and you say, damn, man, I did that. Like, that's awesome. And yeah. uh, that's this is an extreme example of that, uh, what you were able to accomplish yesterday. So congratulations, sir. Well-deserved, I say. Well-deserved. Thank you. I needed that pat on the back so much, Kate. Thank you so much. Um, I'd like to accept this award uh, based... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> don't don't break your arm uh, patting yourself on the back. No, I, I, I will try not to, thank you, uh, but I am a little flexible, so I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Flex-a-million. Flex-a-million. <laughs> so, Cade, I was thinking of this... Um, as I was thinking about... As I was playing Call of Duty today, I was trying to think of some of the best games i've ever played in my entire life video game wise and i was trying to think of either game series or anything so i wanted to ask you that question and then i'll answer it myself but what is your favorite i'm gonna ask video game and then favorite video game series that's out there favorite video game and favorite video game series yes so favorite video i'm gonna go favorite video game series of all time first and then i'll come back to favorite video game okay so favorite video game series of all time i'm gonna go halo uh, part okay. of it is nostalgia. Part of it is it truly was like, if you consider the story arc of Halo one, Halo two, Halo three, Halo ODST. Um, and then I'll, I'll throw Halo reach in there from the beginning. So Halo reach, I guess if you put it in, in time order, but Halo, uh, Halo was the reason I got an Xbox when Xbox came out and got away from my PlayStation two. Um, I fell in love with the story. I fell in love with everything that was going on. It was a well, it was, it was just a great game in general. I had many a land parties with neighborhood buddies for Halo one, because there was no online play for Halo one on Xbox, uh, just on PC when the PC version came out. Um, Halo two is easily one of the greatest video games ever made. Um, especially if you consider the time frame that it was in 2004, it was absolutely fantastic. I, I, I was in love with that game so much. So that's when I really kind of started getting into online gaming uh, was Halo 2. And it was, uh, man, I just, there's, there's, the memories are outrageous. Halo 3, I could say the same thing. The multiplayer was fen- uh, was phenomenal. I spent so much time playing Halo 3 online multiplayer. I, I devoted pretty much any free time I had at the time to that. Um, and it was, uh, it was awesome. It was fantastic. 
Halo, easily my favorite franchise. That does not mean I love all the games that have come out. I just say as a trilogy, Halo's one through three were absolutely amazing, and I will gladly throw in ODST and Reach into that time frame. Halo's uh, four and five, I could give or take on. Um, they, you know, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but I, I doesn't mean I'm not excited for Halo Infinite for uh, Xbox Series X. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I've seen a lot of things uh, that are, you know, inspiring me to be slightly positive, right? So uh, I hope that I hope that works out. Uh, favorite video game of all time? That's a hard one, man. That's a really, really hard one. But I it is favorite video game of all time, and I know it's relatively recent. I've never played a game that I have been so entrenched in and obsessed with, and wanted to live in and just be a part of. Then Red Dead Redemption 2. That is wow. my favorite video game of all time. And I I don't think it's close. I loved it so much. I uh, felt the emotion of the characters. I uh, almost uh, I shed tears when it was over um, and certain things happened. And uh, I, I've never, I don't think, like I said, I've never been a part of something emotionally more than I think I've put into Red Dead Redemption 2. I loved it so much, and uh, I think that, uh, yeah, it's an easy choice for my favorite game of all time. That's interesting. That's interesting. With it being so relatively new, I'm I'm really surprised you went with something like that, honestly. Yeah, it's uh, like, listen, I know it sounds odd because it's new, but like it's one of those, uh, I guess, it, well, I say new, it's, it's almost two years old, uh, but it's one of those things where it was like, I, I've, when I look at it and I think about how I felt playing it, I don't, I've never felt that way before playing a game before I, uh, I literally took off, uh, I took off of work. I took a four day weekend off of work when it came out to play it. Cause I was excited. Anyways, I was excited because I, I loved the first one. It had been what, seven, eight years since the first one had come out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was like, this is going to be great, man. I'm excited to play it. I didn't expect it to be like it was. I really had no idea that it was going to play out the way that it played out, but um, a kudos to Rockstar Games and the story writing and the uh, character development and the uh, the voice actors and everyone who put a lot of time into it. I, I, I read that it took five to six years of development just to put everything together, um, which is incredible. And um, they it shows. It absolutely shows. And I, I've put an astronomical amount of time into that game. And I loved it. Absolutely. I will agree with you. I will say the, you know, to kind of, kind of cap that there rockstar games. The one thing I know there's probably some people listening who aren't really into video games, but rockstar games really has shaped, um, the role-playing game style, uh, tremendously with things like grand theft auto, whether you think negatively about something like grand theft auto or not, um, it really is the, the way they do graphics and they spend so much time on the on the game and really refining each and every small piece of it um, is amazing. Now, I'll say the only thing that I will add as a negative to Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, Cade, is the multiplayer. It's just uh, wholeheartedly agree. It's garbage. Yeah, it's whenever garbage, whenever as I as I spoke about it in the way that I did as far as favorite game ever. I just didn't even consider the multiplayer. I didn't do no, it. No, I get that. I get and, that. Um, I, and don't get me wrong, man. I love multiplayer games. I love playing with my friends, but I, a lot, there's, I mean, there's been a movement going on that's been like a movement towards multiplayer games, right? So the campaigns and the stories are starting to be lost 
in some games. And um, just a fact about myself, if I haven't mentioned it before, is that I play games mostly for the story. Like, I love the story. I love... Uh, it's an escape for me. It's it's like the way that people read books and read a story to get away from life and things that are going on. Like I, that's video games for me, and like that's something that I hope people can relate to and understand. And um, and so I love good stories. And if it's not a good story, if it doesn't catch me right away, man, I'm out. Like it's one of those things. And probably people do the same thing with books. I mean, I meet people who are like, yeah, I, I read it, but it wasn't great just because. I, did, I wanted to finish it, and I'm like, listen, man, if I play a game and the story sucks, I'm not going to keep playing it. But I play it for stories, man. I love the stories. It's an escape for me. So uh, I enjoyed the story a ton. In the multiplayer, they released it prematurely. It was too early. There was not enough. It was done. It's gotten better uh, where it's at now, but uh, I lost interest because there was no reason to go back after they uh, kind of messed it up there. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll say, you know, I think, and this is why I'm, I'm so passionate about video games it's the same exact thing that you said uh first of all i think with our generation we grew up playing them you know it was normal and i think even the generation slightly before us was playing stuff like pong and atari and that kind of stuff but yet it was so more easily accessible for our generation right we were so easily able to get them and price points had gone lower and it became normal inside of a household to have a game console whether it was a playstation one or an atari or a sega and that kind of stuff uh nintendo 64 it was, it was normal. It became normal. And I think for us, it's so ingrained into our generation. Um, and, and I'll say the same thing is video games are definitely a distressor for me. It's something I use to kind of get away from life for a little bit, just exactly what you said, whether people use TV, um, or books or anything like that, that is what I delve into. And I've always been, uh, when I was younger, I was more of a multiplayer kind of guy, uh, because I played with my friends and the older I've gotten, I've more kind of transitioned to single player games and really loved playing those. But obviously, as a kid, I played a ton of single-player games because multiplayer didn't exist, or if it did, it wasn't that good. Right. Um, but I, I'll, I'll jump into mine. Uh, favorite video game series of all time definitely has to be uh, the Kingdom Hearts series. If you haven't played it, it's so phenomenal. Except for, I'll say, this past one was, was meh in Kingdom Hearts 3. I had waited years and years and years uh, for continuation, uh, other than the small, I, I don't want to say offshoot games that they created, but they were pieces of the story that connected it. Uh, but it felt more like filler. But Kingdom Hearts 3 was okay. But the Kingdom Hearts series as a whole, um, I love. And I love how it meshes um, the Disney characters that I've always grown up with and uh, the video game into one. And the story is, is amazing. And um, to add that in, I'll, I remember playing Kingdom Hearts 2 when it came out. Uh, when it first, first came out, me and my brother rushed to the store and we picked up a copy and we played a little bit the night before, but we had to go to bed because we had school the next morning. And I remember I did not want to shut off the console because if you don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts 2, there's a bit of a prequel part uh, that you kind of play and then you finally get into it and you really, really start playing and I had just gotten into the part to where you're just about to get into the part where you're really, really going. And I was so frustrated <laughs> and I didn't want to shut off my console because I couldn't save. There was nowhere I could have saved. And I was on a cutscene, and I didn't want to skip the cutscene because it had so much to do with the story and what was happening. So I left my console, my PlayStation 2 on. 
the entire day until I got back home. And that's all I was thinking about during school and everything else was until I got back on, I turned on my TV and I played. And that game I played so much. I loved it. Uh, but the Kingdom Hearts series was was really, really close to me as I grew up and uh, definitely one of the first games. My brother introduced me to it uh, years ago, and that's an awesome memory I have. He introduced me to Kingdom Hearts 1, and then I just took off. We play, I played almost, I've played all of the games that have existed, and it was awesome. Um, but favorite video game of all time. You got me thinking when you were talking role-playing games and that kind of stuff. Yes, sir. And... Yeah. I, I really started taking the first thing that went through my head was I love um, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I love mm, that game. Yes, I think it's got one of the greatest soundtracks ever to be released. I think it's an amazing, Easily. amazing game. Easily. Um, and, and I love it. But you had me sitting there thinking, as you said it, about what game have I put so much freaking time into? And I know I've talked on the podcast about like Modern Warfare 2. I put stupid amounts of time onto it. Um, but I think one game that really immersed me and that I played a ton, I think about is uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Um, okay. I played Oblivion a ton, and this was before multiplayer. It was on the 360. I remember going to the store with my dad. I had gotten, either it was Christmas or birthday money. I had extra money on me. I remember telling my dad, oh, I wanted to go to, because I, um, uh, I, I wanted to go to the store. And... I wanted to go get a video game and I had done some research and I just remember I went to the store and I saw this game cover, which was Oblivion. And I thought it looked kind of cool. And I looked at the game and I think we went to Walmart or something. And I was like, I want this one. He was like, are you sure? And it didn't look like anything I'd ever played before. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want to play. I got into it and I played for hours. I played for hours and I destroyed that game. And I remember, you know, there's, I always think about a game, how it connects with you is what, if you remember when you got it, how you played it, how you felt when you played it. And don't get me wrong. The story isn't super riveting on Oblivion, right. uh, but it's definitely one that I just th thought about, man, did I play an absolute ton of it? And did I love it? And that really took me into the role-playing genre. Now, don't get me wrong. I had Kingdom Hearts 2 and uh, Kingdom Hearts, that, that whole series is a role-playing game as well. Um, in a sense, but uh, that one really exploded, I guess, the idea that I had for uh, the role-playing games, I guess, is the way I think about it. But yeah, I definitely have to go with uh, Kingdom Hearts and Oblivion. I definitely. I like it, man. I think that's good choices. I wholeheartedly agree with you on the Kingdom Hearts series being extraordinarily good. I agree with the last one. I was so pumped up for the last one, Kingdom Hearts 3, to finally come out uh, that I got it. And, uh, and I, as I, 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 am not kidding you, man. I got through 20 minutes before I was, I was already disappointed after that period of time. I just didn't feel like it started. I mean, I played through, I, I I'll be honest with you, man. I've not finished it. Uh, I got through about 50% according to what I know. And I was like, man, this is just not, I, I'm just not feeling it the way I feel like I should feel it. And uh, I was a little bummed out. Yeah, I still plan to finish it. I still plan to finish it. It's uh, it's just taking some time for me to get over my my sting wound that I have here. Okay, think of all the possibilities. No, I get it, and it's it's really the story. I'm not going to reveal anything for anyone, but it's really the story that was the letdown. I'll say it was kind of interesting. I loved the combat system. It was so fluid and so easy. It um, felt nicer. Yeah, definitely. Yes, it felt so smooth, but the story just I wasn't interested, and it wasn't as like riveting that you wanted to keep going and going and going and you weren't as attached to the characters like you have been 
And uh, I don't know. It was kind of sad. It was definitely kind of sad. But it, I, I'm with you. It's I would definitely play it again just to play it again. But uh, I still have that love for the franchise as a whole. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, as, as a whole, absolutely. I, I've got some phenomenal mem- uh, memories. Sorry, playing Kingdom Hearts 2 uh, in particular. And uh, I will always cherish that. Uh, honorable mention, I won't go into a lot of detail because I know we're running out of time. Honorable mention, uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, Legend of Zelda was absolutely fantastic. No, no, no. I 100% agree with you. That was a uh, amazing, uh, amazing game. I've only played a little bit of it, but so far it blew my mind. I'll say the Legend of Zelda series is phenomenal. They they always do such a, a great job. Nintendo as a whole with the Legend of Zelda is amazing. And while they have teased uh, very slightly to us Breath of the Wild 2, I uh, wait in anticipation. Uh, for <laughs> that day, man. In anticipation. I do, I do, and and while my 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 life's getting ready to change quite a bit here with um, baby boy on the way, man, it's I still look forward to it, and I look forward to the time that I can spend teaching him and showing him all these fun games and whatnot that uh, I played and grew up with, and and new things that we'll play and and go on uh, for those out there who have always been skeptical of video games or are not sure of video games or who love video games. I'm, I'm, we can all agree that uh, there's nothing wrong uh, with a good story. So, Agreed, agreed. So I just want to add in one small thing um, that I found really interesting, and we could finish it off here. Um, so for those of you who are baseball fans, and Kate, I think as a sports fan, you'd find this really interesting because as we're gearing up towards sports all over again, um, as it's starting to come back, I was really, really interested to see how the MLB as a baseball fan, uh, was changing some of their season plans and what, what is going to change. Um, so for those of you who don't know, um, the NL, the national league has a pitcher that hits and uh, typically in the ninth slot always hits. And in the AL, the American league, uh, they have a pitcher that's, they, they don't have the pitcher hitting. It's a designated hitter. So depending on whoever's playing at home, whether you're playing, if the NL is playing at an AL, there's a designated hitter. And then if it's an AL playing at an NL, uh, there is no designated hitter and the pitcher has to play uh, and hit the ball. So it was really interesting this year with the whole, um, uh, I guess, rule changes that they put into effect in the shortened season and everything else. They're now making a universal designated hitter. Um, so now both leagues, yeah, now both leagues are going to have a designated hitter, which a lot of people have pushed back on. Uh, but people, uh, the commissioner has always said like it creates more offense. So more people are watching the game. There's more scores going on. So that's the reason why a lot of people push for a designated hitter. Plus a lot of times pitchers can't really hit for those of you who don't really know baseball out there. They, they aren't hitters. That's just what they're meant to do is throw a ball. And that's what you're meant to do is good. And, um, there's an interesting fact that I was reading about, um, that, Right now, that could possibly, because they've been flirting with doing a universal designated hitter for a while, they're thinking that this might just be ultimately, they're doing a universal designated hitter, and they're going to leave it at that, is moving on, it's just going to stay like that. And um, as a Cardinals fan, I was proud and thought it was really cool uh, history making to find out Miles Mikolas, who's a pitcher uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals, hit the very last hit by a pitcher. Uh, that he got a double, he hit a double uh, in the NLDS game against the Atlanta Braves and even the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, who played alongside them in tandem 
and the other teams that were playing in the National League never got a hit. So he was the last one to actually get a hit uh, in all of Major League Baseball in foreseeable future, which is really interesting. So I just found that kind of interesting to kind of think about that, wow, we've possibly seen the last pitcher to ever hit uh, in rule-breaking history. So I thought that was kind of interesting to share. That's kind and, of wild. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's interesting with a lot of the changes going on that might be the very last one. So we were there to witness it, right? If some of you watched it. If you were there, we were there. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, Cade, do you have uh, anything to finish us off here with a good old Cade quote? Uh, in particular for today, uh, I don't have anything crazy, to be honest with you. I, I more, more or less will share just a quick thought with you um, as we kind of start to get back to normal and, and uh, things go back, man. That doesn't mean uh, don't stop being careful. Don't stop taking care of yourself and take care of the people that you love. Uh, we want to make sure that everything is successful and we kind of get rid of what's going on. So nothing crazy, man. Just uh, just more of a word of caution, man. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. And uh, we'll see you on the other side there. That's right. That's right. I agree. Stay safe out there and uh, stay tuned for the next episode. We have some really good news starting up and we uh, look forward to sharing that with you guys soon. So uh, from us and Cade here, don't party too hard. We'll see you next time, and uh, take it away, Howard Dean. Yeah!